Mellow Sounds of California. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy. Chopris. Chopris? Chopris. Chopris. Got to say it from the diaphragm, sir. <laughs> I like that. Say it from the diaphragm. Mr. Chopris. Yeah. Calipana. Going, AKA going, going. Dr. J. Dr. J. Yeah. <laughs> also known as Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. 37 minutes after 6. Good evening, everyone. Dave Duane is with you on Man, Land, and Sea News of Guam and our island environment. And today we got a nice show going. Brought in a special guest all the way from the village of Dididu. You know, they changed it. You see that sign, Dididu? With a the lot youth? of names for Dididu. It's an island. It was always Dididu. Now it's Dididu. Okay, whatever. Dididu. Whatever. I said, you know, people in the, in the mainland, when they changed Guam to Guahan, I said, people in the States barely even know where Guam is, and you're changing the name now? They're going to get confused. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, special guest in the studio, Mr. Anthony Mangiola, individual I, I heard of, wanted to uh, definitely meet with him, and uh, he's in the studio, and he brought together, he brought, uh, I guess, with him as well. Anthony. Yeah, Mr. Quincy. Hi. How are you doing, brother? Doing good. And his dad, Mr. Mike. Yeah, Quincy. And, yeah, their last name is Duenas. Yep. Hey, cool. Oh, that's even better. Anyway, Mr. Anthony Manjola, uh, resident of Dededo, I, I heard of him and uh, did a little research, and the individual is very, one of very few on the island of Guam. He takes it upon himself to clean up different parts of Dededo, um, the parks, bus stops, etc. Tell us a little bit how you got all started with that. Yeah, like I said, on uh, the shows that I've been on, like Candid and everything, I've been on. Uh, you know, just worried about this one bus stop there in uh, Route 16, uh, right in front of the Guam Tao Center. Uh-huh. That uh, how was so close to the road and everything. It was causing a danger for our kids and stuff. That our le- elementary kids, middle school kids, and also our our high school kids. <coughs> so you know, I um, last year and stuff I was towards the ending of the school year for public, and I was on the road traveling up to Manila to go and drop my son off at FD. And there were some kids playing out on the road and everything like that, you know, they're running around and everything. All of a sudden, this one kid just came dusting out from the grass area to the sidewalk, and I stumped on my brake because I thought he was really going to run out of the road and stuff like that. So, you know, I was like, stumped on my brakes real quick, got scared, and got out and told the kid, hey, don't do that, you know, next so on the way to drop on my son, I was really thinking about it and stuff about how that bus stop was really close to the road and everything, mm-hmm. so I reached out to one of our senators, uh, Clint Rachel and stuff like that, but you know, it was already towards the ending of the school year, so I uh, thought that hey, maybe during the summertime, something, some action might be taken on uh, on it and stuff like that to move the bus stop back or put some back or put some guardrails up there to have some kind of barrier to, for, yeah, to protect our kids yeah. from those uh, cars that are coming down, because you know, People traveling down that road at Route 16, mm-hmm. some of them are just don't even pay attention. No, they don't. Yeah, no, they, they zoom don't. by like kill Speedy Gonzalez and stuff. They, they've had a few uh, fatalities. Remember that, that one up in Laddie Heights? Yeah. yeah so, so you were the individual that got the authorities to act on this. This year, I brought out a picture and stuff. I took a yeah. picture of it and wrote a post about it. I definitely saw it. Yeah. They had video of them with a forklift right. lifting up the whole bus stop and moving it back. So when I, I saw understand that, it's still kind of... It's still kind of what you call it, uh, poses some dangers to their kids and stuff, because 
Okay, um, in between Guam Tao Center and that bus stop, there's a road there. Mm-hmm. But the bus comes around out to Route 16. You know, it goes in between that road where uh, Hemlani Apartment, Guam Tao Center, and everything like that. So what it does, it passes, comes out to the stop sign, and then onto Route 16, and that's where they actually pick up the kids at. I'm like, why can't we pick up the kids right there where in between the road, in between Guam Tao Center and the bus stop? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why do you have to go out and pick them out there? But, you know, I guess that's the directions of the director down at DPW or whatever. Well, I, I was very, very <coughs> pleased to see they actually did yeah. something. So. Yeah. And, you know, in the near future, maybe they might um, take your suggestion and do a little bit more to make it more safe for the, right. the school children. hope so. Yeah. In Dittardo, in League One, you mm-hmm. also clean up a park with the basketball. There's and three the parks there at League One that I go through and stuff. Wow. Uh, one of them is taken good care by the Guam's Lions Club. Uh-huh. The, that's the one across uh, well, League One. To the Guam Lions Club. Yes. There you go. And they did, just did a uh, grass cutting there uh, this past weekend and stuff and all that. They did a pretty good job and all that. Um, the other parks that I've been uh, looking at, mainly attending to, were is uh, League One One. That's what we call League One One. That's where the tennis court is at. Correct. And then the other one is where I live back. I mean, live that. That's the one right across the. Guam uh, uh, police precinct that's up there in Daddy Dona. Oh. So that's the one where I mainly uh, was at because after I finished cleaning up uh, the one in Harmon, I said, hey, let me go scope out the other parts of Ligo. So the first day of school had started and stuff, you know, I went up there and wow. It was just a disturbing sight. Everything, I mean, it was just trash, broken bottles, uh, dumps, uh, dead, dead animals and things like that. It was just. So is this what our kids had to face on the first day of school? So I took some of those trash, I cleaned it up, the bottles and everything like that, three bags. I'm like, mm, no, I cannot put this anywhere and stuff. I don't even have a truck. So I ended up pick, picking up those three bags that I picked up, went into the mayor's office, and they dumped it at her front yard. <laughs> not in her, not at her house, but the mayor's office. Stuff. Okay. I dumped it there and stuff. Hey, mayor. Clean up Ligon Park, you know, it's a dump over there, but they're coming to find out it was DPR's own jurisdiction, but like, don't, this isn't dead at all, I mean, doesn't everybody uh, here help out each other and things like that, uh, yeah. DPR, DPW, because there's a bust up there, that's under DPW, DPR, because it's the park, dead at all, mayor, because it's the village and stuff like that, but it's all pointing at who's who, who's going to be doing it. So I got fed up and stuff. The second day I brought up there my bush gutter, my rake, everything. A lot of trash bags. Finished up that trash bag of my personal use and stuff like that. And it wasn't enough. Speaking of that, I, I mentioned uh, off the air. Yeah. Do you get any support from, let's say, for example, the mayor's office? Did they give you any gloves or bags or anything to it's assist? So far, the only peer, the only uh, agency that I've been getting uh, help from. Uh, with bags, push cutter whips, and everything like that is from DPR, Mr. Richard Ivanes, who's currently off island right now. But uh, he has helped me out well, giving me those supplies and stuff that I needed because I went to the mayor's office and I requested for some bags and stuff to help out and stuff with the village cleanup and things like that. Uh-huh. And the staff told me that it's not part of their jurisdiction and stuff like that. Do you know that I got to go down to DPR and get those things and all to because their use is only for their use at the village and stuff like that. So I was like, I was disappointed there. I was so, I was angry yeah, and stuff like that. 
And, you know, even Parks and Rec, uh, Richard Bannis's uh, organization that he's a, excuse me, the director of, you know, they got a lot of parks and stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, Dedidu, we have a few parks as well. And that's under their jurisdiction, as you mentioned. But uh, it'll be far and in between. They actually make it up there and clean it up. Right. And they are lacking a lot of manpower yeah, stuff, especially are. park rangers. There's yeah. only two on island that I know of. Yes, correct. And during that time, there was only one that was on vacation and the one was working and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so I, I can see the logic in uh, Mr. Abandon saying, sure, uh, Ton, I'll give you some, some, gloves, some gloves and some bags and we'll help you out because you, you're basically helping them out. Right. But um, the Dededo <coughs> Mayor's Office, I hope they would, uh, you know, you, you being from Dededo and taking it upon yourself to clean up the, the different parks and the bus stops area and being con- uh, concerned... Uh, resident and and uh, parent, you know. See, I'm originally from Santa Rita. Okay. And I moved up uh, to Derrida about 20 years ago and things like that. And I met a Filipina nurse wife and, you know, very good person, person and stuff. And, you know, down in Santa Rita, we are always been taking care of down there with our mayors, with the boys, even with the community down there. We always, they always come out and help out. Same thing goes with Agat and things like that. Same thing goes with much of the southern and uh, central village and things like that. I know Northern had its days where it was really beautiful and things like that. Chigo, Derrido, you know. I remember. They had their days where it was so nice and clean that you don't even see long grass and things like that. But nowadays, it's just a disturbing uh, sight, especially when you're traveling along uh, Marine Drive. It's been one of my my goals to change the the mindset, the attitude. You know, we've we've just lost the pride and the beauty of our island. And... A lot of people nowadays just say, you know, well, this is my property, this is my house, I'll do what I want, and they don't really care. But if they, they need to restore the pride. Right. And uh, with that said, uh, you, you brought in, uh, you're a student sir, from yeah. what school? Okadu High School. Okadu High School. Yeah. You participate in cleanups? Mm, not, not as much. Yeah, not really. Okay. You cleaned up anything lately? Just like the bus stops. The bus stop. The there you go. That's a, <laughs> you know, we had a... Speaking of bus stop, we did have an island-wide bus stop cleanup program. Uh, Guam Beautification Task Force went around the whole island and took care of a lot of the bus stops, got people, organizations to contribute and clean up, paint, clean, pick up trash on the bus stop. But they didn't reach all of them. There were some that fell between the, the, the cracks, as I say. And uh, Mr. Ton, uh, Mr. Manjola brought it up to my attention. He he, I saw the pictures. It's like, my goodness, these bus stops are terrible. Right. So, you know, basically the um, bus stops, they, they mainly touch were the ones that you usually could see outside where the busy area is at. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that and all that? I mean, a lot of the bus stops were, where there's really busy traffic and everything like that. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that were mainly touched and everything to be cleaned up and, you know, uh, get maintained. Right. But League One is so inside the village area, you know. There was like how many uh, bus stops that I show you pictures of? Maybe yeah, about six. Yeah, six and a lot. What I had asked Mr. Manjola to do is send me the pictures, and I will forward them to the Guam Beautification Task Force. They are very adamant about um, sprucing up and cleaning up around the bus stops. You know, the bus stops is where our children go. Right. You know, every morning, and you know they get dropped off and pick up. And we want them to have a good, you know, a clean bus yeah. stop. Can so you imagine that? So I reached, uh, you know, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Maria Gutierrez, uh, one of our um, 
GDOE board members and stuff. She showed me a picture of Quincy and stuff, uh-huh. holding a trash bag and cleaning up. I was like, wow, I got students cleaning up, helping me out and stuff wow. like that. So, you know, I was like very happy. I even exposed him on some of my uh, Facebook group pages and stuff. Uh, Mr. Do, uh, Mike Duenas was freaking out about how many likes that he got out of that and stuff, like almost close to a it thousand is, you something, know, you know. You know, you will influence your peers, you know. Uh, students in your category, your age group, they're going to see it and say, wow, if he can do it, so can I. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't hard to do, right? No. Not at all. I was talking to your dad before we get on. We got on the air, and, and uh, Mr. Duane has said uh, um, he's going to be participating in yes. the near future in yes. uh, you know cleanups. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, Mr. Manjola uh, Antonio brought up, uh, Ton, you know what? Antonio Ton, Big Ton, Big Ton. Okay, yeah, that's my Power 98 yeah. Uh, yeah. stations uh, every handle. <laughs> you, you were aware of the Guam International Coastal Cleanup? Yes, I was. This last Saturday. Yes. And Todd brought it up. You know, why can't we do that for the villages? Inside villages, yes. For the villages. So that got me thinking. I said, how difficult would it be to coordinate mm-hmm. an event, all 19 villages involved, and do it mirroring what we do for the coastal cleanup? Right. Coastal cleanup was, this year, was their 25th year. So I said, it shouldn't be that hard. So, you know, I'm going to get together with uh, Big Ton here, and we're going to strategize and figure out, maybe even have an audience with the Mayor's Council. Yeah, but Mr. Mike DeWinnis, too. Yes, everybody. And we're going to have, I'm going to initiate and try. uh, The Coastal Cleanup, I'm very familiar with. I actually started the Coastal Cleanup 25 years ago. And you've been doing a great job with everybody else that's coordinated. Yeah, the Bureau of Statistics and Plans took over the... uh, the program and 25 years later it's still going strong so I said to myself I know what to do I know what needs to be done in order to get it to be successful so I'm going to try and initiate along with uh, Big Ton and Mr. Duenas and see what we can do to come up with a event island wide village cleanup you know and we'll have it every single year but I, I, I want to make it more than once a year maybe, right. maybe like twice at least at least mm-hmm. twice a year especially with the coastal cleanup too it also needs uh, I mean you know not yeah. only once a year maybe like every quarterly or something well, yeah. the, well the coast the international coastal cleanup it's done once a year it's a worldwide right. event yeah that's right and it occurs everywhere everywhere where in the world <laughs> on that particular day which is the uh, third Saturday of September every single year so every year on that particular on that date Everyone participates all over the world. So that's why they have it once a year. But this is Guam. Yes, so we we're going to do things. it. Yes, and we live in an island. Only on Guam. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it at minimum twice a year, and we're going to get all the villages involved, and we're going to figure out how we're going to put it all together. You know, we're going to need supplies. We can we can figure out how to get that supplies. I don't care if we have to do fundraisers, car washes, and, yeah. and the young Mr. Duane is, I'm sure you're willing to help, right? Yeah, yeah we're his friends. No, no, you know, his friends, all of the high schools out here who are needing uh, learning service hours, you know. Okay, John, seems we got a, got a caller. Let me go ahead and take this call, okay? Up and A, you're on man, land, and sea. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, Mr. Drina. Up and A. Up and A. You talking to, to me or the student Duenas? <laughs> all of the Duenas that are there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm in the old track, Bruce. This is Mrs. Gutierrez. 
Oh, hi. And I'm so proud of uh, Quincy because, you know, actually how I met him is he came to help us when we were doing the uh, DOE uh, bus cleanup before the school opened. Right. And so I had my uh, group of student leaders. So he came and he joined us. And then from there on, you know, I I talked to, I told the mom that he can do the service learning because I really wanted the kids. I You know, I, every graduation time, I see students that didn't graduate because they lack service learning. So, you know, he has been doing that. I promoted him or with on the board with the superintendent. I met the lieutenant governor at the college here, and uh-huh. I was talking to him about it. He said he wanted to meet Kinsey, uh, but at the time, Kinsey wasn't feeling good. But he will, when he comes back, I will make sure that he meets Kinsey. Uh, but, you know, uh-huh. really, it's really sad where, how some people really depend on others. Correct. Be, right? And I know exactly I, what you mean. You know, and it's, it's, it's not for, you know, it's for their kids. And I just had, I told the principal of Aligon Elementary, I said, you know, can you ask your parents at Aligon Elementary? Because the bus stops are behind Aligon Elementary. Those are going, uh, that's where the kids are riding, catching the bus, but um, nothing has happened. Like, so, you know, we'll just continue, but since you could keep up the good work, because you are mm-hmm. a role model, and, you know, we will... Uh, find ways because they're actually the girl power has a program and they're going to be doing presentations to the different school um, on the service learning and also I'm having the service learning uh, committee on the board meet on Monday with the leaders mm-hmm. from uh, the, the six high schools because we're going to find ways how to, to encourage the students to not only in the classroom do they are doing class do they uh, earn service learning but you know, on weekends, yeah. when their bus stops like us very close to their place. And I want to ask also time with Minjola because, you know, as a parent whose kids doesn't even go to the public school, but because of he, as part of the community, he's doing it. Yes, ma'am, and, uh, he is. Doing a great job. Yeah, he is doing a great job. And, Thank you. You know, I, I, when I meet people, I told them, I, I, I let them know, I told the board members, I said, you know, we have just one person doesn't, doesn't even go to public school, but he's exactly. out here. Exactly. Ms. Gutierrez, I would extend an invitation to you, being a board member of the GDOE, you have, you are officially invited to come on the show anytime you want, uh, yourself and or students that you feel need to be recognized for what they do in helping our beautiful island of Guam. By all means, give me a call, just contact me and we'll get them scheduled. We'll have you on the show. Well, you got there, Quincy? Yes, my, I, I really promote him. I tell his principal and yes. everybody else that you know he's here's a student that wants to make it to help, and even his his two siblings are in, in elementary. Correct. You know, I, um, he's going to be a good example. Exactly. exactly. It, it I starts. I want to thank uh, Mr. Duenas for giving Cindy uh, his support because you know uh, that's what as parents that we can do is support our kids. Yes, and uh, I'm just very proud of them. And by talking to the the mother is shortly after uh, August 10, and finally found out that this is a, a blood relative of mine. Ah, well, aren't we all? We all were all I was I asking was Mr. Duenas, I said, are we related? I'm a Duenas. I think it was meant for him to come to that post in Carlos side uh-huh. you know, and then from there he continued, and he's a good kid, and I thought the, the principal, Mrs. Flores, you know, and it's like make sure you 
credited for the service learning that I'm telling you, and I sent the pictures to him. So keep up the good work, Quincy. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank, thank you, you, guys. Thank you, Ms. Gutierrez. Uh, thank once you, Maria. Again. Yeah, we know you, Gutierrez. Oh, okay. Uh, Tom, like I said, um, you know, it's just a testament, and we need people like yourself right. and Jeremy. You know, you're a role model for not only your your fellow uh, students and in your class, your peers, but your your young sibling. So you got a sister that's what two second grade. Yeah, second grade. I can see already she's going to be the next one out there. I hope now. No, tell Quincy to do it. I know. She's no. going to do it. She's All right, we're just about uh, three minutes to the top of the hour. CBS News will be coming up next. And then we, uh, after the uh, news break, uh, i got another guest coming in, Mr. Eddie Cruz. And we're going to talk trash. All right, dude. Uh, so we're going to talk more about trash. There we can. You're more than, more than uh, welcome to stick around. We still have three more minutes. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to express and stuff, um, you know, there are people that are, are out there cleaning up just like myself. Yes, and thank you for bringing like that, that um, But it's just, uh, you know, we cannot only blame the government and officials and everything like that for, you know, for doing their part and things like that. Because there are some people that got, you know, workers that got fed up, but, you know, they're not supposed to because they are getting paid. But to constantly coming back to see the same trash or different trash, different loads of uh, illegal dumping and everything like that, you know, that happens every other day or even over the weekend and things like that. So it's kind of like this, you know, disappointing to they see somebody cleaning it up. They see somebody doing something about it and things like that, but only to come back to don't even care and just trash up their, trash up the parts again, trash up the bus stops, trash up the island of Guam itself, you know. So, you know, the community really needs to step up also to say, hey, enough is enough. You know, really well said. You know, like you said, the government does as much as they can, right. as often as they can, but it takes the community. community it takes yeah. the whole island to really get to, things done. Yeah, as well. and um, I've been saying it um, as many shows that I've been doing. I've been, I can see there's a trend going on. Mm -hmm. The trend is happening that people are getting more conscious about the environment. And how important it is to keep it safe. And it and is clean. important to keep that conscious, and you know, continuing. Because you know. if we don't, uh, you know, if we don't step up and just leave it as it is and stuff, where all the trash is just out there, we're gonna end up looking like some other third world country and things like that. There were just trash all over the place and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Okay, we're just a few seconds away from right. CBS News. Jeremy, Mr. Duenas, thank you for coming into the studio. And Big thank Tom, you. you're more than welcome you. to stick around as well. Sure. I'm Dave Duenas with Man, Land, and Sea. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Nine minutes after seven. Jeremy, that's the wild cherry, man. <laughs> wild cherry. Love these jams. You know, you know, Jeremy. I had you. Uh, I requested that song before we began the show today, and I, I requested that show on purpose because I knew my friend Eddie Eddie Cruz was coming in. <laughs> that's the top. I don't hit. know about the cherry like Auntie Mary. <laughs> you know, that's wild cherry, man. It's the class of nineteen. I, I bring it up because of. 
you're a man who wear lots of hats. <laughs> you wear a lot of hats. And one of the hats you wear uh, on this, why I'm bringing this up, is you had the uh, JFK Mega Reunion. Yes, March 2020. We're gonna there you go. We're going to have a big, huge Mega Reunion. And everybody talks about that area in the front that has no statue of John F. Kennedy anymore. Uh-huh. Well, March 2020, she's going to be here. A, a German sculptor in the Philippines is wow. doing it, working on it right now. And uh, we've got him pretty much paid. And and uh, we should be ready to ship sometime in February. So we'll get it here in March and have a big shindig over there. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. We're going to have JFK out in the front of Marine Drive again. Yeah, GVB's excited because it'll be an uh, attraction. Yes, by all means. Uh, once again, welcome to Man, Land, and Sea. Dave Duane is your host and uh, my guest this evening, Mr. Eddie Cruz and Mr. Anthony Menjola. He was with me uh, on the 6.30 when we began the show. He cleans up all over Dedido. He does it on his own, and he is a very, um, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for what You're you do. You're very welcome. Yeah, thank you. And even now, uh, I'm very welcome to those people notice those uh, cleanups that I've been doing and everything Yeah, like that, you know? it has been noticed. And uh, Mr. Cruz, I, I wanted to bring him. He had a lot of great ideas. One of the things, before I forget, is tires. I, I, brought, it to, <laughs> I brought it up to Eddie, uh, Mr. Cruz. I said, you know... Call me Eddie, please. Oh, I'm going to call you I, Eddie. Actually, okay. everybody knows me as Sharky. That's my nickname. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, you know, dengue fever is out in the media. You know, it's making headlines. You know, we do have 10 cases. And the number one item that um, contains, that holds water, are tires. You hear it all the time. Of course, it's not the only one, but tires <laughs> are predominantly the one that they say the you got to get rid of. And... You know, I, I was in the Aganya area just two Tuesday, three days ago, two days ago. And I was heading towards Adaloop, and not even a quarter mile before you get to Adaloop, a tire company, they sell tires, with hundreds of tires right out in front of Marine Drive. And I said, I, I was, I was going to pull over, stop, and look inside the tires. I said, what are the chances they have standing water? Right. Which, uh, more than likely, they do. Uh, 99.9%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's just one tire shop. Then I went to this uh, my former office up in uh, Upper Tumon, Airport Road, Pacific Tire. My office is right located there. And Pacific Tire had hundreds of tires out there as well. So I said, I don't think it's a big priority for whoever <laughs> is to get rid of these tires. And that's just the two companies that I saw. And there's a few others all over there's the place. There's a whole bunch of them, and there's some little guys that uh, apparently just keep stacking them. Uh, if you go up to, towards Jigo, right in front of you, Pow Pow Estates, near the uh, former Northern uh, Transfer Station, mm-hmm. on your right side, there's a there's a couple places there where individuals were kind of like peddlers. They have a peddler's license. That's military yeah. property, and they're getting ready to fence it. But they've been stacking tires there like crazy. And then I was talking to George Flores, who works for... Uh, Island Beautification Task Force, IBTF, uh-huh. and we talked about the couple that were on Route 3 also, and those are just some. You know, they're, they're, there's a whole bunch of them everywhere, and that's not even counting the ones that are in the jungle. And uh, the biggest one in our Jigo area is the one where International Bridge Corporation used to be. Uh, years ago, after a typhoon, they collected all the tires, and I, I assume they, they contributed that also when they had their shop up there, but... Uh, that huge pile has probably got thousands of tires there just sitting. And yeah, and you know, you know, for the immediate, you know, the immediate right now with the dengue fever situation going on, 
I think it would behoove, you know, people like maybe EPA to go out there and talk to these folks and say, you know, we talked about who has a tire shredder on island? Well, technically, the only commercial tire shredder that's shredding tires right now is Guahan Waste. Uh, but, you know, you've got to understand that uh, businesses, they have to have uh, a way to make money. And what Correct. happens is, Correct. is uh, uh, to run a tire shredder full-time to take in tires when anybody drops them off costs money. The operations is expensive operation. Uh-huh. And so uh, their prices they wanted to charge were, were pretty high, for me anyway, because we uh, wanted to take our tires over there. And uh, so we contemplated buying a shredder of our own. In fact, I was talking to Tom Hertzlitt, who used to be in the tire business. Now he's a land developer that leases out commercial properties. But he's very knowledgeable in tires. And what we wanted the government to do many years ago, maybe two decades ago, was to float a bond, buy a huge tire shredder. There you go. And we shred it jointly as a, a group, find a place at the port and store it where it's not anywhere uh, near anything that it would it would pose a hazard, such mm-hmm. as, I don't know if you remember the, the, the tire fire years ago up there yes. by Reven, where Revan Tax mm-hmm. is currently at. So we, we kind of had a plan. We approached the government, this and that. Basically, you know, it was, uh, they shelved it. Uh, it. It was just too many, too many little things. And I, I, the reason I say too many little things is it seems like in government, Everything is slowed down, and it's slowed down for one reason. Everybody has to get acknowledged. Everybody has right. to put in their two cents. Right. And it seems like, unless it's a really solid plan that nobody else understands, but maybe one technical person, it's not going to get done, you know. Uh, the, the, the thing that was stumbling us at the time was, uh, you know, there were leases of the port for property there. They were doing scrap, and, and scrap Correct. technically was the number one priority because... There was so much of it, and the market was good back then. It was. It definitely was. It's but it's not old. now. No, it ain't. It so has. Especially the guy I wanted to ask us about those tires and stuff. You know, we picked our t- cars to go get it service and stuff for changing repairs and things like that. We paid our disposable fees. And stuff. Correct. So what happened to those disposable fees that these that companies collected? Is that company is supposed to, in turn, take it to a place to shred it or dispose of it. At one time, we were even trying to bail them and ship them out on shipping containers. And at one time, there was, a, you know, it, it broke even pretty much. Uh, in recent years, it, it hasn't. And, and one of the concerns that we had was, what do they do to the tires? Well, in, in Taiwan, a couple places I visited, they use it to burn to melt down the scrap iron, heat, heat it up, preheat it. And what happens is, well, where do, what happens to the environment when they Smoke ruin the air? So environmentalists here and in the United States didn't want to participate because they said, well, you know, they're just damaging the earth. So that kind of went south. But there are other ways that they can strip out the wire mesh in it and they can crumble it and use it for other things. Uh, one thing they talked about that was a failure was making an, uh, a, a new reef out of it, dumping in the ocean. Well, they did it at Cocos Island as an experiment. And just recently, they ended up taking them all out. Correct. Because it was a, a big mistake. It was. It so was. the failure that also been using these tires with houses, some of them are using it for boundaries to, for other people so mm-hmm. they don't park into yes. their areas. Or no, Some of them are also collecting it mm-hmm. and leaving it in, um, in a pile on the sidewalks. 
that I've noticed in the one. There's a lot of houses that have well, those. In well, one of the uses we, we were going to do just to get rid of the tires at the time was we were going to use them as a, there's a barrier uh, design that they use them uh, around concrete poles. Remember, we had everybody dying from concrete poles. So we said, pants. yeah, so we, we uh, some of the racing associations, I, I used to run the racetrack here, uh, at least part of it. And so what happened was they, uh, NASCAR designed a, a rubber barrier, and it worked out really well. And so what it does is it encases, we, we inject styrofoam or some other flexible item into the tire mm. so it doesn't collect water. Right. So it, you know, it eliminates any dengue uh, reproduction there. So uh, that, was a, that was a good concept, except for you know, a lot of the poles are actually right against the, the roadway, so there's no room to put a barrier between. They're Correct. right on the edge of the curb. But there are other uses. They can crumble it. They can reuse it in asphalt for driveways, parking lots, and whatever. The problem is the cost. And, uh, you know, if, if you can't make it cost-effective, people aren't going to do it. So what I told the government was, hey, you've got to subsidize it some way or another. If, if you guys are collecting money coming into port for a tire, which is the logical thing to do, then you take that money put it in the kitty, just like the abandoned vehicle fee. We pay that all the time. Correct. Where does that money go? Is it really to get rid of abandoned vehicles? Because I see them all over the place. And and the the theory between, behind the abandoned vehicle, which includes the tires, is that it should be that a person who takes it into a collection center and turns it in should get a portion of that bounty. So it's a kind of a, a reward, an incentive for them to turn it in. That way we Correct. don't have to go collect it. Correct. And then if the scrap company needs a subsidy because the cost of shipping is too high then so be it. We give him a portion of that. If not, it should go to programs or something to do uh, other environmental cleanups, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's what I, I believe needs to be done. Well, you, um, I, one thing that's a positive thing that I know of is Senator Sabina Perez is going to be introducing a bill to uh, amend. They already, I think they already amended some of the, the, work, the verbiage in the, in the bill for the revolving recycling fund. It, it was, it has been established and they were collecting literally millions of dollars every year and the people that were tasked with dispensing the money had no authority to do so. That's correct. <laughs> so now that it's been corrected and uh, they're, again, it's still in, uh, hasn't been voted on yet, but uh, she's working on it. And Senator Perez, um, a very good environmental senator, one of the better ones that we've had over the years, and uh, she's going to do something about it. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Eddie, or Ed, yeah, <laughs> about um, um, Senator, um, what's his name? Um, senator sitting in for Philly on Guerrero's show. Lamarine, Tony Lamarine, good friend of mine. He, he mentioned he mentioned you on the show <laughs> this afternoon, and I brought it up many a times on this show. Why? can't we open the Dedidu transfer station? I think we need to open that up. Let me give you some history of that place. Please do. Um, way back when they first created, it was supposed to be a holding area first just so they could collect things and then figure out what to do and then send it to either Ordit or wherever it needs to be taken okay. to. Uh -huh. Along the way, they decided that they were going to, uh, you know, back then we had serious problems with garbage. So garbage collection wasn't on time. Sometimes they miss you a week, two weeks, three weeks. So what happened was they decided they're going to open a transfer station so that way people could conveniently bring it in there instead of having it stack outside their houses. And, and that worked fine 
And all of a sudden they found out they had all these appliances and everything that people were turning in. And so what happened was they needed a collection area there uh, to put things, and they started stacking cars. They started stacking appliances. They started <laughs> yeah. stacking tires. But it was really complex, and we really weren't good at the game of, of, of scrapping, basically, you know, mm-hmm. tires, automobiles, whatever. So we did a lot of studies, and, and there was a company from uh, Indonesia that came in and basically uh, ran the place there. However, when the bottom fell out of the scrap market the first time, they bailed out. And they had a lot of issues. They spilled a lot of oil on the ground everything. The problem was nobody wanted to reopen that transfer station because of the liability of the contamination in the soil. Because you've got to remember, right next door is a bunch of productive wa- uh, water wells. Correct. Correct. So nobody wanted the liability. And because of liability laws, it was, it was an area where people said, well, maybe I'll do something else. Well, it wasn't until global recycling came into picture, and they said, okay, but we're going to take the back, and we'll clean your area. We'll do this and that and, and whatever. But, you know, once things get going and people forget about that it's a, a serious thing, they don't care anymore, you know? But when it starts piling up again, just like the garbage and everything, that all of a sudden everybody's concerned. What is that doing to our water lens? What's that doing to our Correct. environment? Mm-hmm. You know, where is it going? Uh, we've been fighting this thing for many decades. I, I remember first coming from college, and, and, and for me, I like to tell everybody that I'm an idea man. I'm a solution man. I'm usually the guy that, that sits there and thinks, gee, what can we do to fix this? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll research it, and I'll find an answer. But I usually don't claim it as mine. I'll take it to a senator or somebody that's uh-huh. got more clout or they respect more an elder, right? Because back then I was still pretty young. And so I would take it to the chamber, Carver, and say, hey, you know, uh, Carl Peterson or whoever was there. I said, hey, introduce this. You know, I think this is a good idea. And, and, and that would usually work. But uh, I think that right now there's a revolution of people in our community that are really concerned. And there's a people yes. like Tom. And there myself, and is. yourself. There is. The trend and, is happening. And we're kind of like the new revolution. We're like uh, trying to change the world. You know, we, we see that our environment is falling apart. We see that our uh, things in our, in our community are, are going south. We, we see that expenditures just to try to clean it up cost way more, multiple times more than if it would be to properly dispose it in the first place. Yes, we need to be proactive, not reactive. That's what I always That's like correct. to say. That's correct. Yes. And so that, that brings it back to my point we discussed earlier this week that I am totally against single-use items that we there can't export or whatever. Up. Peggy Denny filled me in this. I, I've been, I had asked her for many times. I said, Peggy, what does it cost to put stuff in the ground of the zone? So she came back to me, and she gave me a price. I said, now, uh, I'm going to go to Eric Shea, who's at Pyramid Recycling, who ships out the plastics. I'm going to ask Eric how much it costs to ship the plastics out and do they really dispose of it, or do they just throw it in the Pacific Ocean and it floats back to Guam, right? You know, we've got that <laughs> gyre that floats around with all that plastic. So anyway, so we went round and round and round, and basically approximately cost about $900 a Correct. ton Correct. to, to ship it and get it out. The same figure. And to put it in the ground, it's about 160 to 180 depending on uh, how much they compress it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is we need to find a solution. We don't have... Five million acres to go start a dump. Correct. So, so Peggy and I at the sustainability con, uh, conference with with uh, Bob Chamba was sitting there at the table, and I said, "Let's just ban them. 
Peggy says, oh, but you know the major sponsors to environmental cleanups and everything else are, are my sponsors. <laughs> I said, well, let me be the bad guy. Yeah, no, but, I mean. But you got to remember, there, with every problem, there's a solution. Yes. You just have to dig into it. Do you remember uh, Hurricane Katrina and some of these other hurricanes they had in the United States? Yes. Budweiser, who's, who's very big on sustainability and you know converted all their uh, breweries and whatever they produce the beer, are using solar and wind power right now. They're fully sustainable. They don't use any fossil fuel to do that. Wow. So what happened was during that that deal, they needed to get water down to these places. And they said, well, you know, now we've got to figure out how we're going to bottle this water and set it down. But somebody there was really bright. He says, just take that blue can of Bud Light, change the name on it, put print water on it, (laughs) fill it full of water and set it down. And within 48 hours, that's what they were doing. So... We have a lot of bright people here on island. We, we just do. have to harness them and listen to them. No matter how crazy it sounds, uh, we need to study it and figure it out. Same thing goes with the new power plant. You know, we talk about environmental. And I'm scared to death that uh, the haze I see over Cabras going over toward the port is going to be the same thing coming over Tumon. And I, that scares me. But they keep telling me, no, it's not going to happen, this or that. No. The water quality, the air quality is going to be monitored. Well, you know what scares me about this I'm glad you brought it up. The, the, new, the new power plant, it's six to $700 million. Chump change. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we just had a little um, Iran just um, use drones, supposedly, and sure. bombed the Saudi Arabia oil refinery. Yeah. And what? Our gas went up, right? Correct. Right. So what's going to happen? We built this six $700 million <laughs> power plant, and a big war breaks out. And all the oil fields, refineries in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> how much are we going to be paying for power? Well, that, that, you know, the, sa- the same thing if China happens to blockade tankers coming True. to this part of the Pacific. What are exactly. we going to do? Exactly. Or we have another uh, 9-11, and all of a sudden they stop all the ships from coming to go on. We run out of gas like we did before. Yeah, I mean... Then, then what are we going to do? Also, nobody said anything about this liquid natural gas that we need to import... Because we don't have the facilities to ship it in or to store it at the port or to pipe it up to that at all. Uh-huh. Well, you know, that's not even in that price that you're talking about. We're talking about another probably two to $300 million easy. Mm. So, uh, you know, and then you, you look at the, the natural gas pipes that are blowing up on the East Coast. You know, they're having all those issues. Do you think Gov Guam or some entity of Gov Guam is going to maintain those pipes and keep us safe? Especially when they're underground in the same vicinity of... Electrical power lines that are around. <laughs> that scares me. But, but you, know, you know, if, if it's done properly, the concept is, is correct. It will work. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if I trust government of Guam, and I don't know if I want to hold my kids to paying for a bond that's, that that's my, that's is going to hold them hostage, especially when technology is developing as fast as there it you is, go. to get an, an alternate power source. There you go. That's that's what I'm that's, thinking. That's the number one one million dollar question that yes. nobody has seemed to answer. Yes. And I, I'll have to say that I, I previously really opposed that power plant. But you know, my good friend Simon Sanchez and, and, and Michael Limtiaco, they they made me privy of some of the information and so I kept doing research. And Simon Sanchez is absolutely correct. Based on what they had and how they gave out the, the, the procurement package that is the best bet for us. But that doesn't mean it's a great deal. So based on what they asked for, 
it's a, it's a good price. It's just that is everything going to work that direction? Is this power plant going to be good 50 years from now? Or is it going to be like the, the cavers we have now where all of a sudden, you know? But, but you know what gets me to? Nobody talked about the combustion turbine power plants we have. Like the Harmon Loop, Dedido, some of the others. Uh-huh. They're mothballed. Why aren't they running? But we have these little fast generators. Track, the fast well, we don't have the fast tracks anymore. They're, oh, they're mothballed, too. We haven't a million dollar per unit one. No one better. Well, we're, we're running on those Agreco little generators up there by the Jigo Gym. Yes. That's the ones Man, I'm talking about. I live, I live 1,500 feet from there, and it sounds like Koki Frog <laughs> every day. <laughs> 30 minutes after 7, man, land, and sea. If you're out there listening, give us a call, 477-5757. you got a question for our guests, Mr. Eddie Cruz and Mr. Anthony Manjola. He's uh, extraordinary, Mr. Cleanup Man. He cleans up dead dough, cleans up everywhere. <laughs> you know, Anthony, or Tone, Big Tone, if we had 1,000, 10,000 of you in Guam, we wouldn't have a yeah, trash problem. We do and stuff, but you got to inspire them. Yes. <laughs> yes, bring him out. You know, it'll be nice. How about those people that came out for those self-determination walk? Those people that came out under the love wave. Uh huh. If we see those people that come out and stuff for our cleanup that we're going to be coordinating soon and stuff, that'll mm-hmm. be a dream come true. How, how, how about the DOC inmates? That's an unharnessed, <laughs> uh, you know, power a uh, labor force. It, it is. Uh, they're probably going to bring up short, <laughs> shortage of manpower, shortage of guards. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a good friend of mine uh, sent me a, a text just today. He said, Dave, when's the last time you saw any one of our elected leaders, senators, or, you know, somebody with a name, actually, you know, with not a photo op that's set up, but actually, you know, a candid shot of them picking up trash. <laughs> Let, 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 let me interject there. Let me, yeah, let me interject there because sure. I did see Clinton Rogel. Yes. Oh, and, there you go. And that's, there's, there's that's a an sto- Yeah, there's a story about uh, that was all over Facebook a, a couple months ago where uh, Senator Louise um, Munia, I, I almost said Senator Louise Marijuana because of her involvement <laughs> in that, but her and Will Castro went up and helped a, a woman up at Agafagumas that had a tree that fell down uh-huh. and was encroaching on the road and there was a bunch of garbage and she went up there with Will and they went and they cleaned it up. Wow. And I was just so amazed because you know that's that's a rarity. Ah. And so I told both I, of them I, I said if if anything kudos. I'll give you my vote this next time if you continue to do that. You no, know. Well kudos to them just for that one um, example you gave. Perfect yeah. example. Yeah. And I'm sure there's others that I haven't seen but Plenty. the yeah. the whole deal is you need to to walk the walk and talk the talk. Right. You know, if you're going to talk the talk. So exactly. you've got to practice what you preach. If you want people to follow you and you want to be a true leader, you have to get down and get dirty. There you go. Like, um, <laughs> Could, couldn't have said it any better. But, uh, Senator Ken Rigel and his folks uh, came up and cleaned up the pipeline area. That's yes, I, re- I recall. Two and then, you know, the thing was... Uh, Daddy Domir was supposed to come by and pick up those. I I, I remember the story, but it ended up. Uh, well, they did, happened. but they didn't pick it all up. Right, <laughs> and it ended up being worse than what it was before. Before yeah. Senator Kendrick and his yes, fellows I, came out and did that. So you know, there was a story about that. I'm like, I really feel yeah. bad about yeah. Senator and those people that did that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I remember uh, the senator's response. He says, "You know, when they told me, uh, sorry, we didn't have enough uh, manpower to mm-hmm. go pick it because you had, you picked up." 
and cleaned up so many, and they had so many trash bags. We just couldn't do it all. You, you, but you, during that coastal cleanup, when you guys did that um, last week and the week uh-huh. before, and all that, those trash were removed already at that time, were they? I, I don't know. You, you know, I have to say that uh, there are a lot of private companies, uh, dump truck companies, trash companies, whatever. They're willing to help on those things. The problem is, is when we pick it up, we're responsible for paying the tipping fee when we take it yeah, to be disposed of. Now, th- that's something that the governor's office, and I was talking to George Flores about that. We need to figure out a way that when they do a cleanup, we drop a bin or we take a dump truck out there, they throw it in. You know, because there's a whole bunch of us little guys like myself and, and these other companies yeah. that are willing to pitch in like Tone does. But we, we happen to have equipment, so we're willing to help. Yeah. The problem is, is I don't want to go pay $4,000 no, when I, I dump right, a load right, over there. Right. I, I mentioned that to Big Tone as well. I said, you know, when you go with all the trash bags up cleaning the park on your own, and you're going to dump them, if you're going to dump them at least solid ways, you know, to transport you know, wave the fee. enough for um, DPR staff. Um, I'll give him a big shout out, Mr. Markey. Uh-huh. He's the one that maintains. I mean, comes around there to the parks and everything like that. Picks up the trash around there. Mm-hmm. So he's very glad that I'm helping him, uh, helping him out in a way and things like that. But he's the one that picks up the trash that I pick up in the garbage bag and dispose of it and stuff. So big time shout out to Mr. Markey and everybody down there at DPR and stuff. That yep. mm-hmm. Thank you, DPR. Yeah, kudos to every single one of you out there who, who makes a Mr. difference, Moore. you know? Yeah. It's all about, you know, again, Larry, I had Larry Gass on the show many a time. Yeah, and he's a smart Larry, guy. he brought up something, and it's stuck with me ever since. It's all about the mindset. It's all about the attitude. We've got to change the attitude of the people that live here. Because it's us. We're the ones that are trashing Guam. Yeah. And we got to live here. Those guys can move back to the mainland. So exactly. even with me, I'm, uh, you know, I'm tired and everything like that. I do get tired. But I'm still not going to give up because, I mean, the kids. Wait you a know. minute. You're Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take a break, guys. But right. uh, we do got a call. And uh, we're going to take this call. 35 minutes after 7. Welcome to Man, Land, and Sea. Up a day. Up a day. This is Juanita Vlogs with Island Girl Power. Up a day, but I just, I, wanted to, I just wanted to say kudos to the guests there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, keep up your efforts. Um, holy cow. It, it's not easy. But um, right we have totally taken um, the neighborhood park cleaning to the next level, and we put it on the service learning website so the students can get their service learning hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those, the Liguan Park, Kaiser Park, even Pagachau, anywhere there's a housing division, they have parks built into it, and they're not part of the government responsibility, I guess, uh, not part of their inventory um, to, to maintain. They don't have funding for maintenance. So when we go in for cleanup, um, yeah, man, we gotta pay. We gotta pay to dispose of that. Um, our Dededo mayor um, helps us with uh, picking up trash when we let her know that there's a cleanup. But they can only take the regular household stuff, the you know, or uh, some white goods. But for for the mountains of really odd debris that get dumped into those parks, uh, gonna be covered. By, by, the, by the help from the mayor. Yeah, so very true. You know, uh, Juanita, um, you know, like, like Eddie was mentioning, uh, we need to get with the um, 
Island Beautification Task Force and see if we can come up with some kind of agreement that should people like Mr. Ta- uh, Big Ton here and everyone else like him, when they pick up the trash and they go dispose of it at the transfer station, there's got to be a mechanism or a way where we can at least help them out because they're doing it on their own and at least waive the tipping fees or and or even for the bigger right. items. Well, and, and we're a nonprofit organization, and you know we tried going to different uh, different uh, disposal companies, and you know occasionally we've been supported by donations from rubbish men, from Labu, um, to pick up you know bins of items. Um, but for the most part, my mom's truck is flagged. They already have my mom's truck license plate number at Solid Waste. And if she comes in and dumps, they assume it's for island girl power, and they will not allow us to dump. That, that's um, correct, what he did. Not even about paying, because we'll pay. That's correct, um, what he did. It's about uh, forcing us to fall into a contract with the with the company. That's correct, what he did. We need to change that mindset, you know, because. Uh, that you cannot drive, even as an individual, you're taking the stuff from your house. If you're driving a vehicle that has any kind of markings from a commercial company, uh, they won't accept you. And and that's that's totally wrong. We need to change that. Not yeah. even it's not even marked. It's my mom's personal vehicle and sometimes she's removing trash from her home but they uh you know, have it already marked in as an Island Girl Power vehicle. Tell her, tell her to say she's all. Janice Joplin. Um, and, you know, we get, we get trash from the community. If the community thinks that it's free for us to dispose, please do not donate trash to us. Um, <laughs> and when we do park cleanups, those debris from the park that cannot be picked up from the mayor's office, that gets to our center, and then we work on fundraising to dispose of it. And that's a lot of stuff that comes from Kaiser and the surrounding area. But, you know, it's just a burden. And, but, you know, don't lose faith. Uh, I think if enough of us are talking about it, yes. uh, that, you know, we can get some real serious change in, in how the perception of cleanups is taken. Thank you, Winita. You, I think you know, you it's everything it. you say like that, Winita, that's going to change things. Exactly. You know, and we all need to stand up and and do what we have to do. You know, uh, you know we've, we've partnered with you before. And we'll continue to partner with you no matter what the cost, as long as we can survive. Yeah, and we're right, going to bring right. it up, Juanita. We will bring it up to the, the proper people that needs it's to... Uh, funny, to yeah, I have need. to go around and ask parents to, to help us or people with community service hours to come and help us by using their, their pickup, you know, and, um, and try to get around the, the crazy system of of not being allowed to pay for disposal at the solid waste. It's so much cheaper by pickup truck load than to have a bin for the month, you know. Um, and so, you know, things things have got to change. Um, it's, yeah, it's stuff like that needs to be addressed. you're trying to encourage, you want to encourage the students to go to the park that they live next to right. and clean up exactly. and get service learning credit for it, right? Get that feeling of doing good for your community, because I know we were all raised on that in Napamale. We were all raised on that, but somehow our generation failed. Um, and all those neighborhood parks, there's there's more than there's more than 15 in Kaiser alone. Um, those have all been allowed to be overgrown and dumped into. 
So, you know, it's going to take a lot to change that, but thank you for your show. Thank you for doing all that you do, Juanita. We thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Stay thank on you. the air. You. We love you. That's tough. Thank you, Juanita. 41 minutes after 7. Thank you. A very nice call from Juanita Blas, Island Girl Power. And thank you for my guest. We're going to take a short break. Just uh, take a little breather. 41 minutes after 7. Man, land, and sea. We'll be right back. Afidi, Mrs. Francis from Wise Owl Animal Hospital. I have been a certified veterinary nurse at Wise Owl for over 10 years. Wise Owl cares for our community and continues to be a state-of-the-art modern veterinary clinic because we are passionate about the health and well-being of your pets. At Wise Owl, we offer laser therapy and acupuncture to help boost your pet's natural healing process when they are in pain. Call us today at 646-CARE. Wise Owl, we are your other family doctor. This My Local Message is brought to you by Sorensen Media Group and Wise Owl Animal Hospital. Buenas, Atanielos, Mamparentes, Manatongo, Guahu, si Robert Underwood, Dahu, E. Epocanzo, Ekungo, que programata, y si nota, Winnie, K57, na estación. Haksa, y puntomo, Langmo, si sinentemo, Sang, ani pinitimo, Interramente, y si nota, y si notamoro. Cada lunes, que a las seis y media, que popoengi. Por favor. Ifinota with Robert Underwood every Monday night at 6.30 on News Talk K57. Hardships, struggle, perseverance, hope, support. Experience the incredible and powerful stories of men and women afflicted with cancer and their resilience to overcome the disease in Sorensen Media Group's My Story, premiering every first Monday of the month at 6.30 p.m. on ABC7 and the following Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. on Fox 6. Presented by Island Cancer Care, My Story is a Sorensen Media Group production. The American Association of University Women Guam Branch presents The Dish, a monthly program about issues affecting women and girls in our community. The Dish airs on K57 the last Saturday of the month from noon to 2 p.m. On The Dish, we'll talk about women's health, violence, ageism, workplace equality, financial security, and more. The Dish, serving food for thought on issues that are important to women. Brought to you by the AAUW Guam Branch on Newstalk K57. Welcome back. 44 minutes after 7, just about 16 minutes to the end of the show. And I'd like to thank my guests, Mr. Eddie Cruz and Mr. Anthony Menjola. Two very, very... Superman. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Big toe. Big toe. Yeah, during, during the break, uh, Eddie and I were talking about other things that uh, we might want to bring up toward, towards the end of the show. And by all means, uh, those of you listening out there in Radio Land, give us a call, 477-5757. If you got any questions for us, we'll answer it as best we can. In the meantime, uh, Eddie had a, uh, an idea, and I thought it was very interesting. Eddie, please. You know, you know I, uh, I, I used to mm-hmm. constantly visit areas that were 
very environmental friendly and uh, they were conscious about it and so the businesses in those areas were very proud of their their areas their their counties their cities and stuff like that uh-huh. and one of the places i visited uh the home depot and the grocery stores had a bin outside and what they did was uh because they sold so many products in that area in that community they said well you know since we're our packaging is responsible for a lot of the garbage that's disposed of mm-hmm. why don't you bring your garbage when you come to you know refurbish whatever supplies you need so i uh, one of the places i i went to they sold bottled water well they had a bin just for bottle the bottles from the bottled water and they would take it and they would responsibly have it either recycled or disposed of properly mm-hmm. so i was thinking if every community uh here every village uh-huh. had uh companies or grocery stores or hardware stores or whatever that wanted to be responsible that would be a perfect program they could do is because they have to get rid of their their garbage anyway you know their destruction debris or their leftover the packaging you know when you buy a a refrigerator or stove you get all this cardboard styrofoam whatever so where do you take it if you take it a solid waste they want you to put the cardboard over here they want you to do this with the styrofoam you Uh know so so what happens there's another level there, but if you took it to the place you bought the stuff, especially if you had a van, you say, man, I don't want to deal with that stuff at, at home, and I don't want to whatever. Well, just unpackage it right there in the parking lot, give them back the stuff, <laughs> and hey, there you go. We we save money because now we don't have to transport it twice. Maybe that will work also with the distributors, like for the King Car drinks. Why not? Know, for Budweiser's well, and everything they have to bring to donate bins for. The distributors are already doing that with pallets. Oh, they are. So why not extend it a little bit more and say, okay, well, we're going to do uh, single-source beverage bottles, you know, King Car or water or whatever the commodity yeah. might be. That would yeah. be a perfect it, thing. It can go from the big, big corporations, Kmart, you know, Home Depot, big, big companies, all the way down to the bottom and pop level. The bottom and pop level, maybe they'll probably be a little bit more, a little more worried about participating. Sure. Man, they're gonna give me all their trash. <laughs> no, but they could work with the distributor also. They there say, you go. well, you there know, you go. hey, just give yeah. me a few dollars to, to take care of my bin. You know. No, but that, that's a I I it's a good I love, idea. I love the idea. I think um, if we get a good corporate citizen out there that wants to participate, Ooh. and uh, we'll be knocking on your door, see if uh, <laughs> see if this program might exactly work. I think you know, if anything, it's gonna help. It, it ain't def- it ain't gonna hurt. Anything is better than just sitting so around. I also have a. <laughs> Uh, a message from um, sure. Senator Marsh Titano and stuff. Uh, you know, she, I guess she's the chair for the parks and things like that. Uh-huh. She's going to be introducing a bill next month about how we can handle this trash and everything and how to keep the parks clean. So mm-hmm. hopefully next mm-hmm. month I'll be back from Texas or maybe not. But <laughs> yeah. I hope she does have a plan for something well, good. Well, you know, you know, uh, Jimmy, Senator Jimmy Moylan had, had a great idea about the restrooms, you know, when they were doing that partnership. I, I said to him one day, I said, why don't you extend it to everything, the garbage, to everything, you know, especially uh, my concept was, and he got shot down, was out of the parks, what you do is you get a business. You, you, you get them to establish a building. May, maybe the government could float a bond to build a little convenience building. But what they would do was they would have their place there and they would be able to sell to visitors of the park sell ice sell drinks whatever 
uh, suntan lotion, whatever. But what it, the concept would be was that they would manage the bathrooms and they would keep an eye on the park so there wouldn't be no vandalism. Hmm. You know, they would provide basically, you know, and, and we could even gate these areas. So there's a concern at night, there's illegal activity. What well, close the gate? Like we and do one of the biggest thing that is now a trend is those cameras. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you have a business there and they are making a profit off being there, in turn, they should be able to share that profit with the community and say, we're fostering, you know, we're going to uh, adopt this park, we're going to take care of it, we're going to make sure the grass is cut. Uh, people don't do anything illegal. The kids aren't bothered by any strange people or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that if we are proactive in that sense, we'd go a long way. Mm. Senator, before I end the show, Senator Sabina Paris um, mentioned, I know, well, I know this for a fact, she has a bill that she'll be introducing, and it's to have a, um, you know, for people that say, well, we can't afford the $30 for trash pickup. Larry Gass informed me that less than half of the total residential population, less than about half or less than half, actually has trash service. The That's rest correct. don't. So, with that said, a lot of them say, well, we can't afford the $30 a month. So, Sabina Paris, a very proactive environmental center, is coming up with a, a bill that's going to see if they can have a slide rule of uh, people that can't afford it, low income, to have their trash at a reduced amount. That's right. They know is that a swamp grove area where I, I'm, they take I'm, out all I'm the glad trash. you said that because m- many years ago I, I brought that up when they were doing the Guam solid waste rates. I said, you know what? I think this is an opportunity for us to have a bottling and packaging bill at the port. So what happens is you collect all that money and even if these people have a uh, collection trash service that they pay for it, the ones that fall through the mesh uh, that can't afford it can at least get some kind of subsidy where they can either bring their trash to the mayor's office, dump it in a bin or a transfer station or somewhere that would save them the money and save us money from having to go do these cleanups. I, yeah. mean, I mean, if you reality is everybody that does the cleanup is not the person that we're worried about as far as being responsible for illegal dumping. Exactly, exactly. You know, so, uh, so why should they have to clean it up? Yeah, I, I, I had a friend... Um, she hasn't been on the show, but she brought it up to my attention. She goes, Dave, do you think for one minute that doing all these cleanups, all these nonprofit groups and government organizations doing these cleanups, don't you think that empowers some of these people to continue to litter and dump <laughs> illegally? Because knowing that, oh, someone right. like... Someone's cleaning up someone and like they're coming in your beaches. Yeah. They go in there, they have and a I party, said, and then they walk away. Yeah. And, and I said, you know... You have, somebody's going to clean it. She had a, a point. Uh, she <laughs> did have a point. I said, you know, you have, you do have a point there. They said, if we got a guy like Bitton that's going to go out there and pick up the trash because you and didn't still, care. And it's still going on where they come yeah. back and still litter and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. oh, and it's, Once you know, again. Yeah. it's going to be a long going issue and things like that, but if do. we have the proper, you know, manpower and things like that, like mm-hmm. more park rangers going around, more GPD and stuff uh, going around checking these out, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. I remember today. I don't know, Eddie. You're, I think we're about the same age, about. But uh, what year were you born? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> but um, you know, I remember. I remember back in the day, and when I first moved to Guam in 1962, trash pickup was free. Sure. How did the government even was able to do that? Why can't they do because it? Because it was subsidized by other things. 
okay. you know, business activity, real estate taxes, okay. other things. Yeah. Well, we got into this government that was focused on uh, micromanaging and doing budgets according to line items. Mm-hmm. That's where that all fell apart. Oh, okay. okay. So, so what happened before was the governor or appointed governor during the naval government time uh, had a priority list, and he made sure the trash pickup was one of them. Hmm. Now it seems like everybody's under the mentality, you pay for what you get. If you want a service, you pay for it. You know, look at all the things we pay for that are government services. Why are we paying for it? If I, you know, somebody brought up the point the other day, says, why are we paying real estate taxes? It's like we're, we're, we're renting our property back. You know, we own that property. We should have a say for what we do. I, I, I saw that. So, Very so true. that mentality, we have to change that. We have to say, you know, it's, it's for the betterment of our community. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of it is that when you pay real estate taxes, they should include the trash in there. And same thing with Chamorro Land Trust. If they're giving property out to people, then part of the commercial leasing they have in, they should use some of that money to develop more properties that are available for more families and also to provide for whatever needs they need. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at those Chamorro Land Trust properties, 90% of them are substandard houses. That's where dengue is coming out of. Yeah. You know, why is that? We have building codes. We have all these standards. But yet, every time I visit places out there, I go to clear a property for somebody that I know, trying to help them subsidize their cleanup so they can build their first home, they can get stand on their own two feet. I see nothing but trash. And then I look at the neighbors and go, wow, where's your septic tank? They said, no, we just have the sewer pipe. Jumping out of that low area over there, and I said, <laughs> oh, my goodness. holy smokes, this is a third world country living yeah, condition, yeah. you know? We don't need that. No, no. And, um, you so know, amongst those lines, we need to do more to educate these people. And if they need the help, let's help them. Yeah, we're going to do what we can, but we can't do it alone. We need your help. We need, we everyone. need everybody's help. Everybody. You know, if everybody, again, just change your, your, your attitude, your mindset, and think about the beauty of where you live. And I mean, also look for around. the kids, too, because the kids, they watch us what we're you. doing and things like that. Oh, I just throw my can down here. <laughs> yeah. The kids who grow up, they'll start doing that. Oops. Yes. We I'm, see that. I'm definitely making it a point. I'm going to start bringing in a lot. I hope the governor is listening to this because she, she needs to, to listen. And I know she's a caring governor. Yes. And I know that she, she is big on ideas. So I hope she listens to what we say and listens to other people like Tone. Yes. And other people to do cleanups and and figure something out because she has the power. Well, so does Josh. With a collective minds together, you know, we'll come up with the right answer. And hopefully, like uh, Eddie said, you know, hopefully they're listening and uh, take some of our suggestions. Have a plan. I'm going to be going to Texas. <laughs> we'll be with my mom. Where are you going to Texas? Clean, clean, clean. Oh, clean. Yeah, that's a nice place. That's the, yes. that's, isn't that Guam? My, that's <laughs> my third trip. That, yeah, there's more Guamines there. Uh, uh, tomorrow's. They're in Guam itself, right? You're in San Diego. We've got a couple of cousins. A couple of cousins who both uh, Air Force retiree and uh, yeah. Army retiree. They, they both live in Clean. But when I do come back, I want to see all of that unfold and stuff. And wow. <laughs> no, but I think, like I said, with the uh, proactive uh, environmental mm-hmm. center that we, that we have in Sabina Perez, and like Kelly Marsh Titan, who's also very big about the environment, and people such as Mr. Cruz, Eddie Cruz, and yourself, Ton. You know, we got a whole bunch of people in Guam. Yeah, even our officials, our leaders and stuff, they're old people too and stuff and all yeah. that. But, you know, it all has to come to 
one thing. Community to all come together to yeah. take care of the Team situation. Wall. Clean Guam, keep it green and clean like it was before. Yeah, <coughs> and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, I've always believed in with, if there's the will, we'll find a way. We will find a way. You know, it just takes uh, people with commitment and a desire to see change. We can't be status quo. <coughs> status quo ain't working. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, li- I live in Dedido as well, and just seeing the amount of trash in my village is what got me to start up. I said, I'm going to do something about so this. So even places like it used to be um, active before, like the old flea market, uh-huh. how did those trash get inside there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, nobody know. comes here no more. Once again, <laughs> big tone, Mr. Majola. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming You're very in. Welcome. Thank you, Mr. Eddie, too. Thank you, guys. Mr. Eddie Cruz, once again, uh, you're listening. Thank you for tuning in to Man, Land, and Sea, News of Guam and our Island Environment, every Thursday evening, 6.30 to 8 p.m. I'm Dave Duenas. Thanking you once again for tuning in, and we'll we'll talk to you. See you. Just